We're going to continue our walk through the Gospel of Luke today. We're going to be midway through chapter 10. If there are any children who are left in the room, um, there was a little bit of a miscommunication as to when they were going to leave. So I know some were gathered and shepherded on out. But if there's any kids that uh, want to go to the little school and or the loft, Miss Size right here, and she will lead you that direction. So hop up and head that way now, going once, going none at all. Okay, good. Well, the good news is, when the congregation is this full, there are always 20 or 30 kids in here, and there are not, so this is good. This is very good. This is very good. Um, at the end, uh, we'll, we'll uh, have a conversation with you. If you're visiting with us for the first, second, third, fourth time, I don't really care. We'll tell you what's going on there. But uh, for most of you, you know we've been walking through Luke. We just jumped back into it in the last couple of weeks. We are at a very popular story now, a very well-known story now, a story that I have preached over and over and over again. So the last couple of weeks, you got a, a lot of teaching with a little preaching uh, uh, thrown in. This morning, you're going to get some preaching with some travel guy that used to preach the edge conference kind of thing thrown in all right this is uh kind of in my in my wheelhouse this makes my soul sore and so i'm very excited about this years and years and years and years and years ago uh 1993 four i'm by a campfire at a place called jonathan creek kentucky which is i believe where we're going for youth camp this year i was there by their campfire and the cross by the lake and this guy from midway kentucky was sharing at the at the campfire and he said something that i have never forgotten and i have never been able to get away from it so no matter what new things i find in this passage i'm always locked in on what he said and what i learned and how that changed me and how's that how that's been shared over the years. So I want to read because we always want to do that. I want to read through so that you know that I know that we're starting with the scripture. Craig's not telling you a bunch of stories and then grabbing a verse out of here or a verse out of there and saying, see, God said it. That didn't, that didn't work. All right. It, it, that's not what this is about. We're, we're in the word. All right. So Luke 10, starting in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life. What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. All right? But Jesus wanted to, uh, but the man wanted to justify himself. So he said, all right, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, and we got to stop here. I'm going to read the rest, but we need to get the intro first and then the story. All right. So Jesus has been teaching. All right. Jesus has been telling them all these things about love and about grace and about hope and about new baptism and about turning away from your sin and running to, toward the Messiah, running toward God. All right. But the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they didn't like it. They'd always been in charge. They'd always been able to tell people how to live and what to do. There's a list of rules. And if we follow the rules, that's, that's it. They do this. And Jesus is like, hey, everybody's going to mess up. And hey, we can go out and tell the Gentiles. We can go out and tell the, the white, the black, the red, the yellow, the green, the purple, the short, the tall. Go tell them all. Hey, it rhymed. Cool, fun. And uh, one of the Pharisees goes, okay, all right. How do I get eternal life? And instead of coming at this man, Jesus simply says, you, you know the scripture cover to cover. I know that you know it. What does it say? It says, well, love God and love people. That's what it says. Love God, love people. He goes, bingo. 
So his friends are like, no, <laughs> she didn't even answer you. He made you answer, and then he said, then you got it. And the guy was like, oh, no, he ain't going to make me look bad. Uh-uh. Hey, 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 love my neighbor as myself. Who's my neighbor? Now, that is why he told the story. He told the story to identify what he says is loving your neighbor. I know how to love. I know how to love you. I know how to, but who is my neighbor? And Jesus has already been sending them into places they don't want to go. But this time, he pulls out all the stops, all right? He takes his big heavy bat, and he's about to swing. And he does so with this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Went away, leaving him half dead. I need you to say those two words with me out loud. They went away, leaving him half dead. Say it again. It's important at the end. They left him that's how we're going to conclude the message with those two words. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, and the whole crowd goes, huh? Huh? But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who got robbed? The expert of the law, wait, it didn't move. The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy. Not the one from a certain place, not the one from a certain family, not the one with a certain title, the one who had mercy. And Jesus said, go do that. Go do that. All right. So, very popular, very well-known story, all right, about the Good Samaritan. And Jesus is trying to get both the people who are following him and the people who don't want to follow him but call themselves religious to all get on the same page about this one thing. I didn't come for just the Jews. I didn't come for just the Gentiles. I didn't come for just the churchgoers. I didn't come for just, um, um, of the, the, just the woman at the well. I came that you you collectively might have life and have it to the full. That's why I'm here, for all of you. And the story tells us a lot of things, all right? The guy has gone, and this is important. The guy has gone down this road, and, and, and when you get between Jerusalem and Jericho, there is a lot of, of, of wide open space, and there are a lot of turns like around the sides of hills and mountains where the road comes out, and people would hide because it wasn't a, a busy traveled road, all right, especially in the middle of the day because it's hot, all right, and, and you could hide behind things, and, and they would steal things from people if they were traveling alone. That wasn't an... an, an, an it wasn't an occurrence that was like brand new. It, it, it happened a lot, all right? And so Jesus is right in something they would have known, all right? And he says, so these robbers jump out, and they don't just steal from this guy, all right? They take all of his clothes off him, beat him to a pulp. I mean, beat him down and leave him for dead, all right? And the Bible chooses a very specific word there, half dead, all right? And then the priest 
and the Levites had to travel from Jericho to Jerusalem to see the head priest, all right? When, when it was time, you like going back to school or back to seminary or getting a checkup, you would go to Jerusalem to the temple, and, and, and the priest there would, would bless you, would, would cleanse you, all right, and send you back out so that you're ready to bless and cleanse your congregation. You go, you get clean, you go back, you clean everybody else. You go, you get clean, you go back, and that's kind of what was going on here. The priest had gone, and he'd just been cleansed, all right? And to touch a dead person, to touch somebody who was bleeding, to touch a naked man was not on the menu for cleanliness, right? So he's not genuinely trying to not be cool to this guy, but he, he, he sees him and he's like, mm, I know that you could use some help, uh, but I just got clean and I'm going to pray for you today, tomorrow, all right? And the priest is the preacher, all right, the head of the local church. And just in case anybody missed it, they go to the Levite, all right? That would be, that would be very indicative here of deacon or elder, all right, the, 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 a servant of the church. And he comes, and he's like, oh, oh. Oh, and you know full well it wasn't all, no, no, no. You know, he's like, oh, that a half-dead naked man on the, on the road. Ooh. I'm going to pray <laughs> for you, you know? Hey, do we do that? Do we do that? I know you're hurting. I'm going to pray for you. I know you're struggling and you need some cash, but I'm going to pray for you. I know you need somebody to pick you up from where you are, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. And you guys know this about me, man. I, I love praying for you, and I have people all the time say, we need you to pray about this. And my response is, I can do that, but what do you need? Oh, I just need you. No, you don't. We all need prayer, but I have two hands, two feet, a fairly good mind, and a heart to help. I don't always get it right, but it's in here. Just tell me. What, what, what is it? Well, you just keep on praying, and maybe what I need will fall out the sky. Maybe what you need is rise already fallen. <laughs> I'm sorry that it presented itself in this form. <laughs> so the robbers, they, they beat him, take everything he has, leave him half dead. Preacher, I'm going to pray for you. Deacon, I'm going to pray for you too. Now you got two people. It's all better. And then he says, but a Samaritan. And the crowd went, huh? Listen to me. Five, ten years ago, here's what this would have been like. This, Oh, no, I got one. This would have been like me making Kim Jong-un the hero in our story. This would have been like me making Osama bin Laden the good guy it would have ticked everybody listening off. The minute he said Samaritan, every head went. Faces got firm. Pharisees turned red. And Jesus went. <laughs> this is going to be so good. And then he starts embellishing it. We got donkeys. We got oil. We got wine, you know. I cannot get Shrek off my mind every time I preach this sermon, you know. <laughs> You know, 
I, 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 I can just see Donkey, all right? The guy's picking him up to put him on. He's like, I ain't carrying him. No, get him on my back check. He naked. <laughs> I, can, I hear it. I hear it. You take care of the dead man. I'm making waffles. I know. It's coming. I can't. I can't read the story because that, that, that movie ruined the story for me. Can you see him like in the movie trying to put the man up? Ah, ah, and the man's like, I'm half dead. <laughs> now you all the way dead. That's not in there. Breathe. So, he makes the Samaritan the good guy. But this is kind of funny. And you don't know it's kind of funny because you didn't think about it. But it's awkward if you be carrying around some vegetable oil and, and, and a glass of Chardonnay, right? It's just awkward that that be the two things you'd have with you. He wasn't just carrying some vegetable oil and Chardonnay, all right? The oil was for, 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 for blessing, but it was also medicinal. It was a salve, all right? It was used um, like we would use Neosporin, all right? And the wine is made of what? And the alcohol was used to disinfect. Oh, now think about it for a minute. He's a Jewish guy, right? And this is Samaritan. And his heart's in the right place. And he wants to help him. But I'm going to bet you he had a little bit of fun, right? He had a little bit of fun. Has, 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 have any of you ever scraped your knee or anything like that? like really gotten a good scrape or a good cut or a strawberry burn or something that like takes that top layer of skin off and it doesn't look that as bad as a broken arm, but it hurts three times worse, all right? And then if you were a child, your mom, my mom's sitting out here, you, you come in and be like, I got a boo-boo, right? And she'd take you in there and she, you go to the bathroom, toilet seat down, sit you on the toilet, reach under the sink and grab either that brown bottle or that white bottle. And, and you're thinking, oh... And then she grabbed a cotton ball, and that's good for you. Cotton's soft. Cotton's good, right? And then she would take that demon juice and, and, and put it on the cotton ball and look you right in the eye. Be like, I'm going to make you feel better. And that happy little cotton ball touches that spot. And it burns a hole through your shin. And your mom thought this would make it better. <sighs> but think about it for a minute. Don't you think the Jewish guy was like, half dead guy? <laughs> A little bit, maybe. Oil, neosporin. All right. Put you some clothes on. Throw you on the donkey. Take you to the hotel. All right. And then Jesus didn't stop. He said, I'll pay for your room. And then Jesus didn't stop. He said, if he goes to the buffet tomorrow, put on my tab. If he steals one of them nice bathrobes, put on my tab. I'm going to come back in a few days, and if he's still here, I'm going to pay for his room too. Overload from the enemy. Overload from the enemy. There are three types of people 
that you meet on your road. You're like, I'm not on a road. I'm in the sanctuary. Yeah, you're on a road. If you were born and you are going to die, you're on a road. You are on the road of life. We're all road here, all right? You are on the road. And there are three types of people that you meet on the road, just like there are three types of people he met on the road. There are robbers, there are religious, and there are righteous. Robbers, religious, righteous. Come on. Robbers, religious, righteous. One more time. Robbers, religious, you will meet those three types of people on your road this week. But listen to me. They will also meet you, which means you are. The question is, which one? So let me tell you what they look like. Robbers. What does it, what does it mean to, to rob? Take, but it's more than that. It's taking something that belongs to someone else, all right? So a robber says, what's yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. I'm going to say it again. A robber says, what's yours is mine, and I am going to take it. Now, everybody in this room right now is thinking, well, here's the good news. I've never stolen anything. I am not certain that I agree with you. You know what one of the biggest problems in our schools today is? It's not drugs, not alcohol, it's something else. Self-esteem caused by bullying. Do you know what bullying is? Stealing. You are trying to find a way to add esteem to yourself because your esteem is low and take this value, the self-worth, the self-esteem, take from someone else. Bullying is stealing. Wanna talk about sex? Oh, everybody in the room's like, not really. <laughs> but outside of marriage, guess what that is? Stealing. It is stealing. You are taking something that does not belong to you. Now I got like three amens and a lot of big wide eyes. I did not think that was one of the Ten Commandments, but uh-oh. Belittling and berating your children. Borrowing and not returning. Gossiping, not defending. Receiving grace and not giving. Thou shalt not What's yours is mine. I'm going to take it. It's the first type of person you meet on the road. The next one is lumped in together, the religious folks. And you know what? Here's what religious people say. I did not leave him there. I did not put him in that place. So it is not my problem. You see, what's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. I'm going to let you got yours. I'm going to let them got theirs, 
and what's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. My church, my beliefs, my music style, my color of the carpet, my volume from the back, my hymnals or screens, my vacation Bible school or not, my men's ministry or not. If it runs the way I think it ought to run, then it is mine. If you don't like it, find yours. That's why more churches are dying today than ever before. Because they want what's theirs. And Jesus never said, gather it all in for yourself and keep it to thyself. It's not in there. What's yours is mine and I'm going to take it. That's a robber. What's mine is mine and I'm going to keep it. That's religion. I will do the right thing at the right time and move on. You get yours. But a righteous person, what's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. What's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. If you need money, then it's yours. If you need a coat, then it's yours. If you need grace, then it's yours. If you need hope, then it's yours. What I have is yours. That's how the righteous live. And you are and will be at least one, if not all, of those three sometime this week. But you must choose. Choose this day. Not just whom you will serve, but how you will serve. And then decide who is your neighbor. Because Jesus said, I'm not just talking about helping the hurting guy. I'm talking about your neighbor is not the guy on the ground. It's the one who had mercy. Your neighbor is the enemy you think you have. Your neighbor is the one who does everything that you detest. And God says, love them too. I did. Well, Craig, how do I know which one I am? What did I say were the two most important words? Got the college peeps over here. Let's do some math, yo. What is the fraction? What is the fraction for half? That's not a fraction, that's a decimal. <laughs> One over two. And the decimal form is 0.5. If I have half of my cup full, what's the other half of my cup? Empty. That's right. You've got one out of two things. Half is one out of two. Is everybody tracking with me so far? Now, if I have one out of two things and I go and I read John and I read chapter 3, the story of Nicodemus, I will find that when Nicodemus was searching for how to have a life, he got Jesus up on a rooftop in the middle of the night. And Jesus said, well, you got to be born of water and of spirit. You got to be born of water and of spirit. You got to be born of water and of spirit. How many things do you have to be born of? Two things. So if you are born of water and, for, for, and born of spirit, then you have life. If you are not born of water or not born of spirit, then you have no life. If you are born of one or the other, then you have what? Half life. If you are half alive, you are also? 
Oh, so if I'm born of if I'm born of water and of spirit, and water is literally the water breaks, literally a physical birth, and spirit is a spiritual birth. That is when you are saved by Jesus Christ. Your life is turned around. Your soul then comes to life. Your body comes to life, and your souls come to life. Then if you're physically born, but you don't have Jesus in your heart, you have one of the two things needed to have life. So you are half alive. You are also what? How many half-dead people did you pass this week and tell them how to get alive? (laughs) How many half-dead people did you pass this week on your road and you had something they needed and you did not give it to them? did not offer it to them. Well, they're scared. Well, they don't like it. Well, they don't want to hear it. Well, it's not my job. And Jesus said, neighbor, whose job is it? Load up that donkey. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? the one who had mercy on him, the one who didn't make excuses about the enemy, the one that didn't make excuses about the dirty hands, the one that didn't make excuses about the nakedness, the one that didn't make excuses about where he had to be or how fast that he had to get there, the one that didn't make excuses about it tearing into his schedule. Don't you think this was an inconvenience? Some of us need to get real inconvenienced for the kingdom. This is how we love our neighbor. Later in the New Testament, Jesus says this. If you love those who love you and help those who help you, what credit is that? Even sinners do the same. Time to be different. Time to love the unlovable. Time to carry the broken. Time to lift up the lonely and be with them. Time to change. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the greatest commandment. I'm sure this is mine, and I'm going to take it. What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. What's mine is yours, and I'm going to give it. Which one are you going to be tomorrow? Let's pray. God, I think back over the years and I recognize what a roller coaster of robbers, religiousness, and righteousness that my life has been. Even on the daily and on the weekly, my mind and my heart soars in between how to love somebody and how to get what's mine, how to show compassion on somebody and how to accept when I need grace, how to treat the people around me and how to make sure that the people around me are getting better. And God, pour out your spirit on all your people and command your spirit to lead and guide us and direct us in truth. God, we beg of you to work out of us your praise, your glory, your honor, your work 
teach us to obey, which is the epitome of our showing our love for you. Help us to stop running from you and draw us closer and closer to you. God made him who had no sin to become sin so that we might become his righteousness. God, send us out as your ambassadors, your righteousness, in Jesus' name, and amen.